الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد I think we need to repeat the reading of the hadith but in this case do not start from the beginning start from where he says صَدَقْتَ فَعَجِبْنَا لَهُ يَسْأَلُهُ وَيُصَدِّقُهُ then proceed from there inshallah Who can read the hadith? Naam, Tukul. Qala, sadaqta. Qala, fa'ajibna lahu, yas'aluhu, wa yasadiquhu. Qala, fa'akhbirni anil iman. Qala, an tu'mina billah. Wa malaikatihi, wa kutubihi, wa rusulihi, wal yawmil akhir. Wa tu'mina bilqadar khayrihi, wa sharrihi. نعم جستاقات بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد. so in the last محاضرات we spoke about Islam when he asked him جبريل عليه الصلاة والسلام asked the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم saying يا محمد أو محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام tell me about Islam and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam explained Islam to Jibreel alayhi salatu wasallam. And when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam finished explaining Islam, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasallam said, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth. So Umar radiallahu anhu says, Fa'ajibna lah, we were surprised. Yas'aluhu wa yusaddiquhu, asking him and also confirming, saying you've spoken the truth. Because if you say you've spoken the truth, then it means you already know what the answer is. Then Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam goes on to ask the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says, Akhbirni anil iman. Tell me about iman. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, Al-imanu iman an tu'mina billah is that you should believe in Allah wa malaikatihi and believe in his angels wa kutubihi and believe in his books wal yawmil akhir and to believe in the last day وَأَن تُؤْمِنَا بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ And that you should believe in Qadr, good or bad, which comes from Allah. What Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, rather, what the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasalam mentions in the hadith are called the pillars of Iman, without which there is no Iman. If a person does not believe in any of these pillars of Iman, then the person cannot be considered a mu'min, and he cannot be considered a Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given a very good example of this Iman in the Quran. Allah says in Surah Ibrahim, أَلَمْ تَرَى كَيْفَ ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا كَلِمَةً طَيِّبَةً كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبَةٍ أَصْلُهَا ثَابِتٌ وَفَرْعُهَا فِي السَّمَاءِ Haven't you seen the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given a similitude or the way Allah has given an example, kalimatan tayyibatan, the good word, kashajaratin tayyibatin, it's like a good tree, asluha thabit, its origin or the root of the tree, thabit, is firm in the ground, wa faru'uha sama, and the branches of the tree, spread out into the sky. That is the way a tree is. It has roots which sink deep into the ground. Without the roots, 
you don't have a tree. If someone dug secretly and cut all the roots, you would see that the leaves would begin to fall off and the tree would die because the tree does not have the roots which sink into the ground in order to keep the tree alive. The same applies to Iman. When a person does not have Iman, it's like a tree that has no roots. Eventually, their Islam is going to die. Eventually, their Salah is going to stop. Eventually, the Zakat is going to stop. And all the activities of Islam will stop because there is no Iman. There are no roots that sink deep into the ground in order to keep the tree alive. So this Iman, believing in Allah, and believing in his angels, and believing in his books, and his prophets, and believing in the last day, and believing in Qadr, are like the roots which everyone needs. The most important of these pillars, of course, without doubt, is belief in Allah. In Allah. Al-Imanu Billah. Because all the other pillars become useless if a person does not believe in Allah. You can't say, for example, I believe in the angels, but I don't believe in Allah. Would that be acceptable Iman? Or I believe in the prophets, but I don't believe in Allah. Or I believe in the uh, books, but I don't believe in Allah. Believing in Allah is the most important pillar of Iman. And this pillar of Iman comprises three important things. Three things that we need to believe about Allah. Believing is a general term. But then what is it that we need to believe about Allah? The first thing we need to believe about Allah, we need to believe in his oneness, firstly his existence, and his oneness in being the provider. Allah is the only provider. There is no provider apart from Allah. وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ Any ni'ma or bounties or blessings that you have, فَمِنَ اللَّهِ It's from Allah. Any ni'ma is from Allah. To believe in Allah as the only creator. There is no creator apart from Allah. To believe in Allah as the only one who runs the affairs of the universe. To believe in Allah as the only one who can give life. And to believe in Allah as the only one who can give death. This is only the first thing that we need to believe about Allah. That Allah is the only creator. There is no creator apart from Allah. Allah is the only sustainer or provider. There is no provider apart from Allah. Allah is the only one who can give death. No one can give death apart from Allah. And Allah is the only one who can give life. No one has the power to give life apart from Allah. And Allah runs the affairs of the universe. Believing in this is called Tawheedul Rububiyyah. Acknowledging the supreme lordship of Allah as the creator, the only creator, the sustainer, the only sustainer. But again, if you remember, those of you that did with me the Qawaid al-Arba, the four Qawaid, 
We said the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent to people who believed that Allah was the creator and they believed that Allah was the sustainer and they believed that Allah was the one in charge of the affairs of the universe but that did not make them Muslims. The Messenger وسلم, was not sent to Muslims. When the Messenger وسلم, preached in Mecca, the people he preached to were non-believers. They were considered mushrikun, despite the fact that they acknowledged Allah as the creator. If anyone tells you the Quraysh, the uh, tribesmen of the Messenger وسلم, did not believe in Allah, then the person is not telling you accurate things. They believed in Allah. And the evidence is that the father of the Messenger وسلم, was called Abdullah. Abdullah is slave of Allah. So this shows they, they believed in Allah. And Allah said in the Quran, Say to them, Muhammad وسلم, who created or who provides for you in the heavens and on earth, who gives life, who gives death, and who runs the affairs of the universe? Allah says, they will say, it's Allah. So this is enough evidence that they believed Allah is the creator. They believed Allah is the sustainer. They believed Allah runs the universe, but that was not enough to make them Muslims. We said, what qaida was this qaida number was? It was the first one, wasn't it? Anna al-Nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Anna al-Kuffar al-Ladhina qatalahum Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muqirruna anna Allaha huwa al-Khaliqu Al-Raziqu al-Muhyi al-Mumit Al-Mudabbir li jami'i al-Umuri Walam yudkhilhum thalika fi al-Islam The first principle is that the people to whom the Messenger وسلم, was sent, the people that the Messenger وسلم, fought, are people who believe that Allah is the creator, Allah is the sustainer, Allah is the one who runs the affairs of the universe. But that was not enough to make them Muslims. So if it was not enough to make those Muslims, is it enough to make us Muslims? Is it enough to know that Allah is the only creator and Allah is the only sustainer and Allah is only the, pro the, the only provider? Is that enough to make us Muslims? It's not enough. Why is it not enough? It's not enough because even the Christians and the Jews believe the same things. The Christians also believe that Allah is the creator. The Christians also believe that Allah is the provider. The Christians also believe that Allah is the one who gives life to people. Who causes the sun to rise, it's Allah. And who causes it to set, it's Allah. Who sends the rain, it's Allah. The Christians believe that. The Jews believe that. 
Even some people who, who don't even go to any church, they're not Christians, they're not Jews, they're not Muslims, they believe such things. They know Allah exists and Allah does this and so on, but that's not enough to make them Muslims. So the second thing that we need to believe about Allah, we're still on, and tu'mina billahi, that you should believe in Allah. The second thing that we need to believe about Allah is that since Allah is alone in his supreme lordship, since he is the only creator, the only provider, the only sustainer, the, uh, the only one who runs the affairs of the universe, we need then to worship only Allah. Our acts of worship, all our ibadah is supposed to be for Allah. When I say acts of worship, acts of worship come in different types. For example, dua, making dua, asking, supplication, that's a form of worship. Dua is ibadah. What is the evidence that dua is a form of ibadah? What is the evidence? The evidence is that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ad-du'a mukhul ibadah. Dua is actually the heart of ibadah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ دُعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ And your Lord said, Call me, make dua to me, أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ I will answer you. So if dua is a form of ibadah, a form of worship, then this dua should not be directed to anyone apart from Allah, since Allah is the supreme creator, the cherisher, the sustainer, the nourisher. Therefore, dua is supposed to be for Him alone. Allah said, And the places of worship are for Allah. The places of sajda, the places of prostration belong to Allah. فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا Therefore do not call on anyone along with Allah. So in Islam, a Muslim only says, Ya Allah, O Allah. A Muslim does not say, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad. Because that would be an act of shirk. Muhammad is not the creator. Muhammad is not the sustainer. Muhammad is not the one who runs the affairs of the universe. Only Allah does that. So if Allah is the one who does that, then only he must be called upon. Ya ayyuhan nas, O ye people, U'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon. Call upon Allah or worship Allah, Alladhi khalaqakum, the one who created you. Walladhina min qablikum and created those before you. A Muslim does not say, Ya Isa, O Jesus. Because Jesus is not the creator. And Jesus does not run the affairs of the universe. And Jesus is not the sustainer. This calling upon Allah alone and worshipping Allah alone is called Tawheed al-Uluhiyya. The first one I mentioned is Tawheed al-Rububiyya. 
to acknowledge that Allah is the creator, the sustainer, and I said that's not enough to make one a Muslim. So we add to it Tawheedul Uluhiya, which means to believe, rather to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without ascribing partners to him. The third thing we need to believe about Allah, we still own an tu'mina billahi, that you should believe in Allah. The third thing we need to believe about Allah is that Allah is alone in the way he has described himself and in his glorious and beautiful names. Allah described himself in such a way that does not resemble the description of his creation. Allah said, Nothing is like him. He is the seeing or the hearing and the seeing, the all seeing, the all hearing. But before he says he's the all seeing, the all hearing, he says, Nothing is like him. But what is the meaning of that? He is the all seeing, the all hearing, meaning Allah sees and Allah hears. We're also able to see, we're also able to hear. Yes, you are able to see, you are able to hear. But Allah is also able to see and able to hear. But he said, Nothing is like him. Meaning, your seeing is not like Allah's seeing. They're not even similar. Far from it. They're not even similar. You're able to hear, yes. But Allah's hearing is not like yours. And they're not even similar. Because nothing is like him. And he said, And nothing is like him. Nothing is like Allah. So if a person asked you to describe Allah, what does Allah look like? Say, Nothing is like him. We can't say Allah looks like a human being or Allah looks like a jinni or Allah looks like an angel. These are his creation. Allah is much, much greater than that. Nothing is like Allah. So these are the three important things that we need to believe about Allah. Number one, that he is the only creator, the only provider. The only sustainer, the one who gives life, the only one who gives death, and the only one who runs the affairs of the universe. That is number one, and it is called Tawheed al-Rububiyya. Number two, we have to worship only him and call only upon him, upon his name, no other name. Because everything apart from Allah is Allah's creation. Allah said in the Quran, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Praise and thanks belong to Allah, the Lord of the Alameen. Alameen means things that are created by Allah, and anything apart from Allah is Alameen, and we are Alameen. Muhammad is Alameen. The angels are Alameen. 
Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, Jesus is alameen, everything is alameen, only Allah is not alameen. Allah is Rabbul Alameen, the Lord of the world. The Lord of everything that exists. So each time someone tries to convince you to call upon something, whether angel or prophet, ask yourself, is he Alameen? If he is Alameen, then no, we cannot call upon him because we only call upon Rabbul Alameen, the Lord of the Alameen. Then the third thing we need to believe about Allah is that he is alone in the way he described himself and nothing is like him. He doesn't look like a tree. He doesn't look like a human being. He doesn't look like anything we know. Basir. He is the all hearing, the all seeing. So this is what Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam meant when he said, that you should believe in Allah. To believe these things. Not just to believe in Allah, to say Allah exists. That's so easy. Who would fail to, 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 to say that? Allah exists. Even mulhideen, some, some people who, who don't have religions, simply believe there's a God. You ask them, they say, I, I don't believe in all this religious stuff and so on, but I believe there's, there's a God. Is that enough to make someone a believer? So it's not just believing in the existence of a light, believing in these three things that we have mentioned. The second thing he mentioned is and that you should believe in his angels. Obviously, if you don't believe in Allah, you won't believe in the angels. Only a person who believes in Allah is going to believe in the angels. So we know what we're supposed to believe about Allah. What about the angels? What are we supposed to believe about them? We should believe that they are Allah's creation. Allah created them. Created them from nur, from light. The Messenger wasallam said, the angels were created from light. The spirits, the jinni, were created from fire. And Adam alayhi salatu wasalam was created from what has been described to you, meaning from clay. So the angels were created from light. They are Allah's righteous servants. And Allah has mentioned some things about them. What he said about them, we have to believe without question. Some angels Allah has mentioned by name. Other angels he has not mentioned by name. For example, in the Quran he mentioned Jibreel, he mentioned Mikael. And in the Sunnah he mentioned Israfil, he mentioned in the Quran also Malik, the keeper of the hellfire. The angels that Allah mentioned, we believe in them the way Allah mentioned them and we do not have the right to start introducing new names for angels that Allah did not mention. The most common one is calling the angel of death Israel. This Israel is not in the Quran and it's not in the Sunnah. I don't know who called him Israel. Belief in the angels means what Allah told us about them and He told us about their numbers. He said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, Jahannam will be brought on the day of resurrection.
Jahannam will be brought being dragged on 70,000 ropes. And on every rope, there will be 70,000 angels. So how many angels will drag Jahannam to bring it on the day of judgment? 70,000 times 70,000. So we believe in it the way Allah mentioned it. Jahannam yu'tabi Jahannam. Jahannam will be brought with 70,000 robes and on every robe 70,000 angels. That's a description. We believe in that. We mentioned the description that Allah, uh, rather the Messenger وسلم, gave us of Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam. And he sallallahu alayhi wasallam at one time said, Allah has given me permission to describe to you one of the angels, min hamalatil arsh, the angels that carry the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many are they? How many angels carry the arsh, the throne of Allah? How many? وَيَحْمِلُ عَرْشَ رَبِّكَ فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ ثَمَانِيَةٍ Eight of them. He said, the angel, one angel that carries the arsh, if a bird were to fly from his shoulder, from the shoulder of the angels, uh, of this angel, and Rasulullah says there is a house in heaven, after the seventh heaven called Baytul Ma'mur. This Baytul Ma'mur is entered by angels every day to worship in this Baytul. These 70,000 angels will never return to Baytul Ma'mur. Once they enter Baytul Ma'mur, how many of them? 70,000. It means for them their, their turn is over. They will never return to Baytul Ma'mur. And every day 70,000 angels must enter Baytul Ma'mur. So you try to imagine how many angels are there then? 70,000 a day. And those 70,000 will never return. They will never enter it again. Rasulullah describes the heaven. He says, there is no place in heaven there is no distance of one shibr except there is an angel in the state of prostration or the state of bowing, all of them worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why we keep saying, if we all boycott it, the whole world, if we said we're not going to worship Allah, but sorry, it, it would change nothing to Allah. It would change nothing. He has greater creations in larger numbers that worship him. So if all of us decided to boycott and say we will not worship him, that, that would not change anything. Allah says in a hadith Qudsi, Ya ibadi, O my slaves, Law anna awwalakum, if, if the first of you, the first person to be created, up to the very last person. And all the human beings. And all the jinn. If all of them were like the most pious person in the whole world. If all of us, the first human being to the very last human being. The first jinn to the very last jinn. All of us feared Allah the way 
the most pious person in the world would fear Allah. مَا زَادَ ذَلِكَ فِي مُلْكِ That would not increase anything in what I already have. If all of us, the first person, the first human being to be created, to the very last human being, we all feared Allah like the person who fears Allah the most in the world. And we all worshipped him every day. مَا زَادَ ذَلِكَ فِي مُلْكِ That would not increase what, what I have. It would not improve what I already have. And again, if the first of you, the first man to be created, to the very last person, and all the people, and all the jinni, if they became like Fir'aun, if all of us became like the Pharaoh, Disobeyed Allah, all the jinni, all the people. Ma naqasadhalika min mulki shay'a. That would take nothing away from, from what I already have. You don't pray, it's not like Allah will miss your salah. You will miss your salah yourself. At the end of the hadith he says, Ya ibadi, my slaves, innama hiya a'amalukum, these actions are yours. I only count them for you. Then at the end of the day, I'll give them back to you. Your salah is not for me. I don't... So, we were on Al-Imanu Bil-Malaika. Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam said, rather the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Jibreel that you should believe in Allah which we have already explained and his angels uh, according to the way Allah has explained them in the Quran and according to the way they were described by the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the sunnah and to believe in Allah's books Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent books for the guidance of mankind because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a messenger if the messenger does not have Allah's words recorded somewhere soon people tend to forget the words that were taught by the messenger so Allah decided to send books and there are books that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran and other books which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not mentioned in the Quran. If Allah does not mention them in the Quran, that does not mean they did not exist. In the same way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned some messengers and Allah did not mention some, some messengers by name. So Allah has mentioned the Torah, the book of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam in the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken about the Injil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken about the Zabur which was given to Dawood, David, alayhi salatu wasalam, and Allah has mentioned the Suhuf of Ibrahim and Musa. He mentioned the Suhuf of Ibrahim in two parts in the Quran. He mentioned them, I think, in Surah Al-Najm, and he also mentioned them in Surah Al-A'la. Am lam yunabba' bima fi suhufi Musa. And in Surah Al-A'la, he said, 
inna hadha lafis suhufil ula suhufi ibrahima wa musa and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us the quran our obligation towards the other books which were sent by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is simply to believe just believe they came from allah and simply believe they were sent for the guidance of mankind and these books were sent to particular people particular generations our biggest duty is to the quran which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent to this ummah i want to ask you do you think concerning the quran it's a matter of believing that allah sent the quran and you are confirmed as as a mu'min a believer i believe allah sent quran would that be enough is it enough to simply say allah sent quran that wouldn't be enough believing in the quran also comprises a number of things firstly we have to follow what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in the quran we stay away from the things that allah has forbidden in the quran and we also do the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded in the Quran. And in order for us to be able to follow what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us in the Quran, we obviously need to be able to read the Quran. I think that is the first step. To be able to follow, the first step is to be able to read. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Quran in the language of, of Arabic. Ah, so I think, I think we have an excuse. Not so. We have an excuse. It wasn't sent in our language, therefore we can't read it. If Allah had sent it in our language, we would be able to read it. Is that an excuse? Abadan. It's never an excuse. When you need something, you always need to make an effort. In order to achieve what you need. I keep saying we travel to different countries. When you go to a different country, you find the language is different. Some people will travel to Angola, others will travel to uh, uh, Mozambique. And of all languages, Portuguese, I think Portuguese is not an easy language to, to, to pick up. But you find a man goes to Mozambique because he needs to, to do business. He knows it's vital that he should learn Portuguese, otherwise he's cut off. So within one month or two months, he begins to communicate in Portuguese. Why? Because it's important to him. Why is it important to him? Because he has to earn a living. If he doesn't learn Portuguese, then he's not going to earn a living. Within a month, or two months, or three months, when you need it for business, very quickly you learn it. We have lived with the Quran for decades. Some people are 40, others are 50, 60. And in all the decades that we've lived with the Quran, no one has been like tempted to learn the language of the Quran because it's important for his religion to understand the Quran. We, we really don't, don't care. If we did care, we would learn and we would know it and understand today. But because it's not very, very important, we have the excuse if only it was in such a language, then we would learn it. Even to the Arabs, Allah said, Even to you, the Arabs, if we sent this Quran in a different language, you would also be saying, ah, if only, 
If only they would explain it in Arabic. We cannot read it because it's in a foreign language. The joke is on us also. When it's sent in Arabic, we are the ones busy saying, ah, if only it were sent in our language, because we do not understand Arabic. If you have someone you love, someone you care for, and the person has traveled to a faraway land, and you have not heard from them, you don't know what is happening to them, they didn't phone, nothing, absolutely. The thing that happens is that the person sends you an email, you don't know their condition. They send you an email, and the email is in Chinese. Their name is there from so and so, the person you care for. The person you haven't communicated with, you're worried. You don't know what's happened to them, and the email came from them, and it's in Chinese. What do you do? You get it and put it in the bedroom and say, sorry, I don't, need, uh, I don't know how to read Chinese, right? No. No. You start looking for Chinese people. You start looking for Chinese people. If you go to the hospital, they tell you there was a Chinese doctor, but he moved, he went to Ndola. You travel to Ndola to look for him. Until you find him and give him the letter to read for you so that you can understand what your beloved wants to communicate to you. We claim to love Allah. Say Allah is more beloved to us than ourselves, than our mothers, than our fathers, than all our relatives. And Allah sent a communication to us in the language of Arabic. And then we put it on the shelf and said, we don't understand this. Is, is this love true? Is it real? So what is our wajib towards the Quran? It's not just like that. What is our wajib towards the Quran? To read it. For those who can't read it, to learn how to read it. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَقْرَأُ الْقُرْآنِ وَهُوَ مَاهِرٌ بِهِ مَعَ السَّفَرَةِ الْكِرَامِ الْبَرَرَةِ وَمَثَلُ الَّذِي يَقْرَأُهُ وَيَتَعَاهَدُهُ وَهُوَ عَلَيْهِ شَدِيدٌ فَلَهُ أَجْرَانِ A person who reads the Quran and he knows how to read it, he's in the company of the Kiram al-Barara, the angels. And for the person who tries to read it, he tries his level best, but he's not good. It's difficult for him. It's inna waladina. Falahu ajirani has double rewards. Double rewards for trying. The Messenger وسلم, says on every half in the Quran, there is ten hasanat. Ten righteous goods for every letter, not every word in the Quran. He says, I'm not saying Alif La Mim is a letter. Alif La Mim is not a letter. Alif is a letter. Lam is a letter. And Mim is a letter. So just Alif La Mim. How many Hasanat? 30 Hasanat. What about a person who reads a whole page? Who finishes the Quran in one week or two weeks or even one month? There are many hasanat for them. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولِ And the messenger said, Ya Rabb, my Lord, إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا The people have neglected this Quran, they've thrown it away. 
Look at this Musaf here. T take a look at it. This, this Musaf. What does it have? No, this one. What does it have? Dust. Dust. And the one under it, what does it have? The one under this Mus'haf, what does it have? If, if this is not neglecting the Qur'an, then what is neglecting the Qur'an? No. If Qur'an in the masjid, in a mosque can catch dust like that, what do you think of those in the house? These are Qur'ans in the masjid with dust. What about those on the shelves in the house? When you bring masahif, people fight for them carrying 10, 10, 20, 20 to go and put on their, on their shelves. So al-imanu bil-kutub is not just believing in the books. Al-imanu bil-kutub is reading the books and understanding and that can only happen when you begin to learn the Quran and it's not too late for anyone. You're 70 years old, you can start. 60 years old, you can start. Because this is wajib, it's compulsory. This book was sent to you, to every person. Not to some people, do not I think we can continue next time, inshallah, from Al Iman Bil Bil Rusul, inshallah ta'ala. Akulu matas ma'un wa astaghfirullah al-Adi Mali wa lakum wa sa'iri al-Muslimina fastaghfiru, fahu ahlu taqwa wa ahlu al-Maghfirah.